Hello, and welcome to New Day Christian Fellowship Church Podcast, where we worship, connect, equip, and serve. We're so glad that you're joining us. Our prayer is that you allow today's message to minister to you so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Can we stand please and give a warm new day welcome to our own Benita Barrazzo! Thank you. I call her a friend of new day, amen? Amen. Amen, my dear sister, God bless you. Thank you. I am so, am I on? Okay, I'm really loud. I probably could do without this. But uh, I am so excited to be here with you this morning. And it's really interesting because um, I had a word that I thought the Lord wanted me to bring. And I had started my notes and, you know, my PowerPoint. We do those things and my PowerPoint. And then the Holy Spirit was just kind of nudging me yesterday as I was home quarantined. Not because I was sick, but the housekeepers were cleaning the house and I was quarantined to the office. Quarantined in the house yesterday, and I just sat in my chair and I said, Father, what are you saying? What would you have me to bring to your people at New Day? One word came to my spirit, and it was stewardship. And I thought, ooh, okay, Lord. So I am excited about this word for two reasons. Because anytime you talk about stewardship and money, everybody say money. Money. People get all tense and tight. So I was so excited when they took the offering before I came up. Because that means y'all can relax. There will not be another offering. Amen. I don't know about you, but that just blesses me. Then I got here and they had green and I'm wearing green. I'm like, Lord, thank you. Because, you know, for women, that's important, right? You know, I'm wearing green. So I'm, I'm just overjoyed to be here with you today. Um, have you ever seen kind of like a line in the sand Everybody, anybody ever cross a line in the sand, like where you make a decision to do something for God and you cross that line? And so for me today, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but this is a line crossing experience. So I want to thank you for joining me in my line crossing experience. How's that? Amen. Praise God. So I have a a PowerPoint, if they could could put that up. I'm very excited to be here with you today. As Bishop Tony mentioned, Jackie and I met back in 2012. We had worked for the same company, actually in the same building, but had never met. So we were on this deployment in Colorado, and it was Wednesday night, and everybody was talking about, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I'm going to church. Jackie's like, you going to church? I want to go. I'm like, girl, come on, let's go. So we go to Wednesday night service. John Bevere was there. We come back from church. We sat in the parking lot and talked to two in the morning, and we have just been joined at the hip ever since. And I am so blessed. I don't know if you realize how blessed you really are being here at New Day, sitting under Bishop Tony. And, and, and before, you, before you clap, you need, why are you clapping? You don't even know what I'm getting ready to say. Wait a minute. Hold up. Because you're blessed. But here's, here's the thing. I love your, your, your pastor. I love Bishop Tony because he takes a holistic approach to people. Getting your mind renewed to the word of God is very important because we live according to the word of God. That is our owner's manual, if you will. But we are spirit, soul, and body. And some of us, our mind, our will, our emotions, things from the past, we jacked up. And I love Bishop Tony because he presses in and he goes into those places. And the reason it's so important is because the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. 
So here's the deal. You can come in and get your mind renewed to the word and never move forward. Never do what God has put in you to do and you can't figure out why. It's that junk. It's the traditions. It's the upbringings. It's those things in your mind that yes, the word can help get you through, but you need somebody to lead you and help you understand your mind is jacked up and you need help. So now you can clap for your bishop. Now you can clap. So when I was, when I was getting ready to, to, uh, to, to come and teach, Holy Spirit reminded me. He says, yeah, you do have Pleasance Consulting and you have your consulting business and all those wonderful things that you do. He says, but don't forget, sweetheart, you're a minister first. I was like, you know what? Yeah, Lord, that's true. We did do that ministry ordination thing a number of years ago. I started laughing. I'm like, you know what? So I put it up here. Carry your ministries. So I'm just excited. I'm going to open up in prayer and we're going to jump in because they said I have 30 minutes. So I'm going to talk fast and you're going to listen fast. How's that? Father, I thank you and praise you for this opportunity, Lord, to be under the covering of Bishop Tony in this house this morning to bring your word. Lord, I ask that you would sort and sift through every note that I've taken, every experience, Lord God, that I've had, every scripture that you put on my heart to share, and that nothing would come out of me, Lord God, other than what you would say to your people. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. I ask that you move in this room this morning, and I ask that you give the people ears to hear what the Father is saying to them. As many individuals as are in this room today, Father, let there be that many individual revelations coming forward by the Spirit. Father, I thank you right now that we have entered your gates with praise and your courts will enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. Our hearts are prepared for the seed of the word. And I thank you for how you're going to speak to us this morning. And Father, I thank you also for the correction, the reproof and the instructions into righteousness that will come as a result of the word of God going forward today. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 I want to introduce you to um, my husband. David, that's us. We've been married over 27 years. And he is at home holding down the fort so that I can be here today. So I uh, just want to introduce you to him. David and I have been married, as I said, 27, uh, over 27 years. We have a um, blended family. We have five children, five adult children. We have eight grandchildren and four grand dogs to date. So I say to date because my youngest daughter is a dog lover and there's no telling what will be at her house, you know, next week because she's just, just got this dog thing going. So that's my husband, David. I want to talk to you um, this morning about stewardship. And in talking about stewardship, I feel like it's important to start out with a couple of definitions so that we kind of do a level set and we're all on the same page about what I mean. How many of you know sometimes people can say things and you interpret it one way and it's another? So this message this morning is so important that I cannot risk any misinterpretations or misunderstandings. So when I say stewardship, the first definition is by the Dictionary of Bible Themes. The careful use and control and management of the possessions of another, everybody say another, that have been entrusted to one. It refers to the use of wealth and possessions by Christians. Oh no, she's about to get in my money business. I am. You know, a lot of people don't like talking about money. And I've come to the, re to the conclusion, one, people who don't have it don't like to talk about it because they're mad because they don't have it. People do have it, don't like to talk about it because they're scared you're going to ask them for some of it and get it and want to get some of it from them. But people who have a healthy perspective about money, who have it and who understand its use and its purpose, 
are excited to be talking about money. So I love talking about money. I do. Y'all looking at me like, oh, Jesus, where did Bishop get her from? Just stay with me. I like talking about money. Next slide. Next uh, definition. I have another one for you. The next one is from the Holman Illustrated uh, Bible Dictionary. Stewardship, responsibility to manage all the resources of life for the glory of God. Everybody say glory of God. God. Acknowledging God as provider. So today, I want to give you the definition that I'm going to be coming from so that you're clear. Next slide, please. So our view today is this. Stewardship is our responsibility to carefully use, control, and manage the possessions God has entrusted to us for his glory, while never, everybody say never, never forgetting he is the provider of it all. Amen. That's the perspective that I'm coming from today. Now, some of you are thinking, I started to stay home. I started to stay home. It was cold. It's been raining. But you're here now, and you're here because you need to be here. Amen? Amen. All right. So there will be no leaving while I'm preaching. Yes, stay in your seat. All right. Next slide, please. So let's get into the word. I want to be clear that I'm talking about money today with the emphasis on giving. I don't want to make any mistakes or have anybody misunderstand. I'm talking about money. Everybody say money. Money. And I'm talking about giving. Everybody say giving. Giving. When Elder Abraham was up here um, this morning and he was doing the offering, he almost preached my message. I'm like, Lord, stop him. (laughs) That's my scripture, Jesus. Can you just stop him right there? You've said enough. (laughs) So let's get into the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version. I listened to you online last week. I was so blessed. I was so blessed. So here we are. Uh, But I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7. Every man according to, excuse me, every man according to, as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, everybody say grudgingly, Grudgingly. or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I heard somebody say God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll take money from a grouch. Uh, Next scripture, verse eight, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency, say all sufficiency, in all things, may abound to every good work. Nine and 10. Oh, I said that already. Okay. Uh, The next slide, please. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now, how many of y'all like that scripture? I like that scripture. I like the multiplying the seed sown. I like the blessing. I like all of my needs being met. I love that. I love that. I do it. It just blesses me. A number of years ago, my husband and I were fellowshipping at a particular church here in California, and the pastor got up and made an announcement that he was going to be building a building for special needs children. And The purpose of this was because there were a lot of parents and caregivers who couldn't go to church on Sunday because of the special needs of their children. And it gripped my heart 
because that's not the space that I live in, but it just grabbed me. My, my heart went out to those you know, moms and dads and caregivers who couldn't come to church, something that we take for granted every day, right, when we come to services. So immediately the Lord spoke to my heart, you are to give, you are to participate in that, and he told me how much to give. So I said, all right. And this was the first time Pastor had mentioned it. So about a month or so went by, and they started the campaign. Everybody say campaign. campaign. They started the campaign. So they had this special meeting, and they invited, you know, a group of people in to, to talk about, you know, what Pastor was doing. And so as I'm in this meeting, I didn't really understand kind of what was happening. And this, this is really true. I didn't get it. Because it was like, I think it was maybe about a 10,000-member church. There's like maybe 200 people in this meeting. Where is everybody? Then it dawned on me. The meeting was for top givers. I didn't know I was one. I had no idea. I was like, oh, really? Wow. So I'm looking around, and I'm wondering, of course, now, where is everybody else? But anyway, no judgment. So, so the pastor talked, and the Lord had already put on my heart what to give. He says, I want you to give $10,000, and I want you to, to do it in installments. And they had this whole plan. So I made the commitment. Everybody say commitment. I made the commitment, filled out the card, turned it in, and I was excited about it because I knew I had heard from God. So when the, when the campaign started, I started giving each month. I gave, I gave, and, and everything was fine. So about maybe six months in, there was a, a shift in my finances. I took, um, took a role, came out of my consulting business, and took a job. Everybody say job. Took a job, and this job was actually, it was a great job, amazing opportunity, but um, it really paid less, right? But I knew I was supposed to take it. So now, here we go. I'm making less money. I've got this commitment that I've made. So immediately the flesh said, everybody say flesh. flesh. The flesh said, well, you can slack up on the giving because you know you're making less. Oh, no, devil, you're a liar. I see you. I see you. No, 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 no. We don't mess with God's money. I don't know how y'all feel about money, but I'm telling you something. I don't mess with God's money. So I said, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm going to continue to give faithfully because I know you're faithful. So I continued to give. I made some adjustments. Everybody say adjustments. I made some adjustments, you know, put the coach purse on hold, you know, Kate Spade, you're going to have to wait. Michael, I'll see you later. You know, those types of things. So I made the adjustments and I went ahead and, and, and paid the, the vow. So about a month before the last installment, it was performance evaluation time at work. And so I go in for my performance review. And so they're telling me, you know, this is how you did and so forth and so on. And oh, wonderful. So then they said, and this is going to be your bonus. And I said, well, what bonus? And they said, well, when you took the position, they didn't tell you that you got results sharing. And I'm like, no, nobody told me that. Not that I'm complaining. I mean, if you want to not tell me something, tell me not tell me something about something I'm going to get. My bonus was $10,000. $10,000. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's fast forward three years. Everybody say three years. Fast forward three years. And I'm at church, and there was a big hurricane in Texas. And pastor said, you know, we want to send a group of people down to help restore and rebuild some churches down there. I need 10 people to give $10,000 right now. And the Holy Spirit said, get up. So I got up, and I went down, and I said, pastor, I'm one of the 10. I will give the $10,000. i will have it to you in the morning at the office. So that morning I got, next morning I got up, took him a money order, bam, done. Now, here's what I'm saying. Three years before that, I didn't have $10,000 to give. I didn't have it to give. So let's fast forward now six months. I have a dream, and the Lord says, I want you to give $10,000 to this ministry. 
I'm like, okay. So I've learned. Ho, 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 ho. You don't know. I've learned. Have you ever had God yell at you about something? Raise your hand if you've ever had God yell. I mean, let's just be real right now. Okay. I'll tell you about my yelling experience later. So I got up the next morning. I called that ministry and I gave. The only thing I said was, Lord, I have to laugh at myself sometimes. Lord, can I use my credit card so I can get my hotel points? And he said, yes. So why do, why do I say that? Because oftentimes God will say give. And we don't realize it's not just giving what he said. It's giving when he said to give it. Because the scripture says, don't withhold it when it's in your ability to do it now. How, when, what, and where he says to give. So if you're sitting here saying, you know what, Benita, I'm a giver, but I'm not seeing God bless my giving. There's a couple of things that may be going on. One of them, you may not be tithing. Oh, I'm going there this morning. I told you I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, I have been tithing since I got saved. Um, I remember the day <laughs> the Lord spoke to my heart about tithing like it was tomorrow like it was yesterday. I had just left church and I was going shopping. I was going to Jimco. I'm dating myself. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, Jimco is kind of like a Sam's Club back in the day. You know, all my people say, hey. hey. Thank you. So I got out of the car, parked the car, and I'm going in Jimco and I'm going shopping. So as I walk across the threshold of the door and the door is open and I go in the shop, the Holy Spirit says, when are you going to trust me and step out in faith and start tithing? I was jacked up. I couldn't shop. I'm walking through the store. I'm processing. Oh, my God, 10%. I mean, and at that time, 10% of my income was like $213. I was making like you know, three grand a month or whatever. Anyway, it was $232 because I was processing it in my mind. So, you know, you know, I was shell shocked, right? I can still remember the amount. Help us, Lord. So this has been well, well over 30 years ago. And I remember that moment of thinking, how can I do that? I'm a single parent. How, where, where is that going to come from? But I knew enough to know that I had heard the voice of God. And I remember that next month, because I was working for the state, we got paid monthly, writing that tie check, and my hand was shaking the whole time. Anybody ever been there? God told you, and you write, and you, your hand just shaking, and you're sweating, you know. And I wrote the check, put it in the envelope, and I started tithing from that day to this. My oldest daughter is, um, you know, you know, you have to judge your things by the age of your children. Anyway, oldest daughter is 38, so that was probably about 34 years ago. And I have not stopped, and God has been faithful. The Word of God says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. God has been faithful faithful. I have not missed a stitch, a step. I have never, and no, no judgment to anybody who has had to do this. I've never had to file bankruptcy. I've never had a pink slip. Nobody's come and towed my car in the middle of the night. I haven't had to hide it in the garage so they can't find it. God has been faithful, but God has been faithful because I understand and understood a principle that I want you to get today. God is not trying to get anything from you. He's trying to get blessings to you. But he has a system in which he operates and he will not violate that system as much as he loves you and he does love you. He says, my word is my word and I'm not going to change that for you, son, daughter. Yes. Amen.
So if you're tithing, that could be why you're not tithing, excuse me, why you're not seeing a return. So let's get into the word. Okay, we're good time-wise. Bishop, I thought this was interesting. Two in every five practicing Christians give 10% of their annual income as tithe. So that means for every five people in here, three of y'all don't tithe. Look up here at me. Don't twitch. Don't move. They won't know. If you just like be cool and just, they won't know. So it, it, it is a fact. Research shows that this is research from the Barner Group. So it, it is a fact that all, although we, we sang and we clapped and we worshiped and God is good, a lot of us in here are not tithing. Bottom line, and I am here this morning, no condemnation, but to help you understand the word of the Lord to you this morning is stop robbing me. So I wonder how much stolen property is in this room? How much stolen, pro how many stolen Michael Kors bags do we have in here? How many stolen coach purses? Tiffany bracelets? I wonder how many stolen vehicles in that parking lot. Let's, let's go to the word. Go to the word. Malachi chapter 3. We're going to start. <laughs> We're going to start at verse 8. Will a man rob God? Ha, yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? The Lord says, in tithes and in offerings. Verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So let me help you here with, with what this is saying. You can't seem to figure out why you can't get ahead. You can't seem to figure out why if it's not this, it's that. If it's not the washing machine, it's the this, it's the that. The that. Because the devourer is not rebuked for your sake and your open season. Here's the funny thing to me about all of this with money that I try to get believers to understand. When you think about the, the setup, the Bible says we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. But it's a setup, and I'll tell you how it works. The enemy says, you don't need to give, you don't need to tithe. They don't need your money. What pastor going to do with it? You know, all those lies that the enemy tells you. You know, you got your own lie that you hear, right? But then the thing of it is, is when you don't give and when you don't tithe, we're talking about tithing, there's two different things. When you don't tithe, the enemy now has access to your finances. And then when things start happening in finances, then you get stressed and frustrated because financial matters are the number one issue, the number one prayer request in the church, the number one issue that causes divorces and stress and frustration. It's a setup, y'all. It's a setup. It, it, do you see? Everybody say setup. Set Don't fall for the okie doke. That's all it is. It's a setup. Let's keep reading. Verse, verse 10. Uh, oh, go back one, Lavelle, if you would, please, and enter one more. There you are. Uh, bring you all the tithes, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now wherein, saith the Lord of hosts. This is the only place where God says to put me to the test and prove me. And I challenge you to put him to the test because I do. I do. Father, you said. Lord, you said, this has come up, whatever this might be. You know, the car needs of this and the tires needed that. But Lord, you said you would provide. You said you'd rebuke the devourer. Go to the next one. I'm getting ahead of myself. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out to you a blessing that you shall not room have room enough to receive it. I love it because believers, we love this part, don't we? We love it. Pour open up the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. I can't sing. <laughs> but we love that part. But what we skip is that if you're not tithing, those windows are closed. Those are rain clouds. <laughs> those are rain clouds. Next, 
Next verse, please. And I will rebuke, everybody say rebuke. Rebuke Rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. I love this scripture because rebuke means yell and command to be off limits. So when things start coming up, I let the devil know, Satan, you are rebuked from my finances. You have no place. You got to be kidding. You coming at me with this. For real? You have no place. Let me remind you, like David did, let me put you in remembrance of all the things that God has done in this area of finances. And let me remind you that I'm a tither and I don't belong to you. I don't operate in your system. You have no access. You're off limits. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And, and how and why can I say that? One, because I'm a tither. And two, I believe God. I believe God. I, I believe God. I don't know how else to say it. I believe God. I, I believe God. Last year, 2022, literally year before last, now that we're in January, the Lord spoke to my heart. Our pastor got up and, and shared the vision for, the, for 2022. And he talked about, you know, all the things that the Lord was putting on his heart to do for the house. And so the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to give 25000 this year. And so I said, okay. Wrote out my little check, dropped in my 25000 Why? Because it's not my money. And I have people tell me all the time, Benita, you know, the Lord never, I never hear God tell me to give. I'm going to tell you why. There's two reasons why. You want to know why? One, because you spend it before he can tell you what to do with it. You already have a plan for it. You already have it spent. You shifted it here and moved it there. And two, he doesn't tell you because the last time he told you, you didn't listen. And he knows that you're not going to obey. Let's go back to the word. Let's go back to the word. It's a safe place. Uh, next, Next slide, please. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed. And the scripture goes on to talk about the blessings. So tithing is very important. Now, I want to park here just for a few minutes because we all love this scripture about the windows of heaven being open. One thing that I found in, in my life and travels and ministry and working with believers is that a lot of times we don't really understand what that means. And I want to make sure that when you leave here today that you understand what that means. Is that okay? Yes. Next slide, please. So how do the blessings get from the windows of heaven to us? Through faith and work. Yes. Through faith and work. I cannot tell you how many believers I've talked to that are sowing and giving and waiting on God. Might I say God is waiting on you. Nothing is literally falling out of the windows of heaven. Nobody's coming to your door with a job or an opportunity. None of those things are happening. That's spooky pooky and it's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. I've had people say, well, you know, you know, you don't understand, but you don't believe in God to start a business. Okay, but at the same time, you're in debt. Your family has needs. I I can stand in agreement with you to start that business, but can I stand in agreement with you to get a job to meet your needs until the business kicks off, until, until it launches? Come on. Next slide. Deuteronomy verse 30, excuse me, chapter 30, verse 8. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord to, and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand and in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land. The work of thine hands. The work of your hands. 
I'm not asking you to go out and plant a garden and, and plow fields, okay, because that's what they did back in those days. But the work of your hands, what is the work of your hands? What, what, what does that look like? Because increase and promotion and blessings come through work, people. The very job that you despise right now, the very job that you complain about every day when you get up to go to work in the morning, that's your vessel because that's the job that God has given you. Might I suggest adjusting your attitude, having some gratitude for the job that you have and asking God, Father, how is it that you want to use this job to bless me? What do I need to do to get in position to receive that blessing? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're not being a good steward over your job and you believe in God for a business, it's not going to work. If you're not a faithful steward over another man's, God's not going to give you your own. So it's going to come through work. Next scripture, James 2.26. For as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Stand in faith. Trust God. Yes. Get agreement. Absolutely. Get your scriptures. Put them on the wall. You know, write them on the expo, with the expo marker on your, your mirror in the bathroom. Do all that. But get a job and get some works. Get, get your hands to the plow and get busy. That's how you get the blessings from the windows of heaven when you tithe. Amen? Next scripture. So, faith and works. Everybody say faith, faith. And, works. and works. Everybody say get a job. Okay. Let's see. All right, so why is this important now? I know you're asking me, why is she all up in our business this Sunday? It's the second Sunday in January. I'm fasting, and here she comes. First of all, Bishop, where did you get this woman from? I'll tell you why it's important now. Because last Sunday, Bishop made a mandate. You guys remember that? Most of you were here. You should. It was less than, you know, seven days ago. Okay. He said, we must intervene in the lives of others by introducing them to Christ. And then he showed you the prototype of the building. Remember? I was excited. That classroom, I'm like, I just want to train in there. That, the classroom was awesome. I was sharing with Bishop in the green room when I was watching the vision that God gave me. And the vision was, underneath the building was an airport. And there were two big 747 jets on the runway, and they were facing that way. And the building was sitting on top of the airport. And a lot of you think that, well, you know, yeah, we got that mandate, and we're in here, here in Corona, but you need to understand that this is bigger than Corona. Corona is, is the headquarters. Corona is, is the, this building sits on top of the airport. You know what that means? The launching and the resources to launch come from here, right? When Elder Abraham was talking this morning about it takes money to preach the gospel, I'm like, don't you preach my message. Just stop right there. I'm on it. I'm on assignment this morning. So that's why it's important right now in this season. Because the question now becomes, God, what is it that you would have me to do? What commitment is it that you would have me to make to this house in 2023? So we write out our goals and our visions, and we should have them, right? I believe in having goals and, and, and things, and most people do it in January at the beginning of the year. I do it quarterly, me personally, just simply because 
when I need to recalibrate, Lord, show me what I need to do. So now that we're, we're in this space of planning, I want you to add a couple of things to your plan. Everybody say, add it to the plan. Add it to the plan. So I have a challenge for you. Um, I think Bishop Tony, I don't know if you mentioned that, I, that I'm a coach, that I do executive coaching. So I'm a pusher. You probably hadn't figured that out yet this morning. Um, so I'm a pusher, and I always like to issue a challenge. I always like to leave you with something to, to chew on and to consider. So I have three challenges. Tithe, fast, and pray. All right? So number one, tithe. If you are not a tither, start tithing. And if you are a tither, but you're not tithing consistently, get consistent. We went through and we talked about the word of God this morning, what it says in, in Malachi. And at the end of the day, you're being disobedient. Plain and simple. And I don't think I need to say any more about that because I think the Holy Spirit has done some work in here on that. Number two, pray. Seek God about a financial commitment to New Day in 2023. What does that look like for you? What is God saying to you to give in 2023? And whatever that looks like. Maybe you need to start with installments like I did all those many years ago. I ain't mad at you. Just keep the commitment. Just pay the vow. The Bible says it's better to not vow than vow and not keep it, right? What is that God would have you to give and do? Finance. Everybody say money. We're still talking about money. Well, you know, I'm going to go serve. That's fine. But we're talking about money this morning. Next slide. Number three. Hi. Y'all going to like me for this one. Fast, non-essential spending. Shoes, clothes, purses, jewelry, toys. Fast those non-essentials and set those finances aside. Fast the non-essentials. I was thinking this morning, you know, when the pandemic hit, it was one day just the reality of just not being able to go anywhere hit me. And I was in my closet at home, you know, putting on my yoga pants because, you know, yoga pants and T-shirt was the thing. And I remember just looking in my closet. I laugh about it. And I look in my closet and I, I turned around to a pair of shoes and I said, well, Michael, I guess I'll see you sometime. I don't know when you're going to come out the box, but you, at, at some point you're going to come out the closet, Michael. Michael Kors has Michael Kors sandals. So what I'm saying is that how much more stuff do we need? And I'm not advocating necessarily this minimalist living, but let's just kind of be, can we just talk, let's just be honest. How much do, more do we really need? Do I really need another bracelet? Do I really need another ring? Do I need a, really need another pair of shoes or another suit or another car or another this or another that? Do I really need that or is that me? Feeding my flesh with things, trying to drown out something. What's happening there? Do, do, do I really need that? I was in my closet the other day, and I came across the first coach purse that I ever bought in my life. It was about 16 years ago. Dating myself all over the room this morning. Anyway, and I was, was up in Sacramento, and I was walking the mall, and I didn't know anything about, you know, coach designer bags at, at that time. And uh, I saw this person. It was just cute. I was like, oh, that is so cute. I went in, looked at the price. I was like, oh, my. I think at that time, it was like $200. I should have brought it with me this morning, but $200. And so I remember saying, wow, I really would like to have that purse. And I prayed. And, and don't get spiritual on me. But I said, Lord, I really would like to have that bag. And the Holy Spirit said, buy it. 
I bought it and I paid cash for it. I didn't put it on a credit card. I bought the purse. And I was like, wow, Lord, this is really nice. So what am I saying to you? Do you really pray about those major purchases or is it just because what is what you want? What, 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 are, what are we really doing here? So consider fasting those non-essentials. Amen? Amen. Last slide. 1 Corinthians 4.2, moreover, it is required of a steward that one be found faithful. Everything that God has given us, we are mere stewards over, and he expects us to be faithful. To one that much is revealed, much is required. Wherever you are today, as it relates to this message, I pray that you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and that you will receive the word and that you will align yourselves accordingly and not be hearers of the word only, deceiving yourselves, but to become doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Bishop. Thanks so much for joining us. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. To learn more about New Day Christian Fellowship Church in Corona, California, visit our website at www.newdaycorona.org.